You're listening to Her Hacks Podcast, a podcast by women in cybersecurity for everyone. I'm Christine. And I'm Rebecca. In today's Her Hack, we sit down with our longtime friend and coworker Susie to listen to her story about what got her into cybersecurity and what keeps her going. Susie Heilman is a senior cybersecurity engineer at the MITRE Corporation. Her background covers a broad range of capabilities, including analysis of alternatives for network monitoring solutions, cross-boundary information sharing, infrastructure as code, and more recently, DevSecOps. She's heavily involved in STEM initiatives, such as women in cybersecurity outreach and recruiting cybersecurity talent. Susie is also an avid makeup enthusiast, camping, hiking, outdoors wanderer, puppy parent, sarcasm advocate, outreach volunteer, and overall social butterfly. We're so happy to have her on the Her Hacks podcast. Welcome, Susie, and we're so glad to have you. To kick things off, I wanted to start with an icebreaker. So Susie, we had you prepare two truths and a lie. Are you ready? Hey, yeah, I'm ready. And thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. So I worked pretty hard on these two truths and a lie because I had to make it good enough to trick Christine, who knows me pretty well, and Rebecca, who knows me less as well. Yes. All right, so here we go. Ready? So Ready. I believed sprinkles were zero calories. Both my degrees <laughs> are in cybersecurity. I can't read an analog clock. Oh, man. Okay. These are hard. Sweet. So sprinkles have calories in them? I, I can't speak to <laughs> that. Just, just you both didn't know. <laughs> Both didn't know. <laughs> um, wait, I have a question. I don't know if this is cheating, but um, pretty sure it's cheating. But I'll, I'll take questions. <laughs> so, is a degree in I like because you know? Sorry, I'm just chipping over my words. So Susie went to RIT, and I know she went to RIT, and they have like a bunch of different degrees that are like all computer-y sounding. <laughs> so I don't know if her degrees are necessarily like. They have the word cybersecurity in them. You could look it up quick, but I'm just, I wouldn't I do that. that that's actually cheating. I could also go on LinkedIn, but that would probably <laughs> be cheating. But I don't, I'm, I was pretty sure. Okay, Rebecca so. guessed first, because you, you have a better shot of getting this right. So Yeah, I'll let you guess first, Rebecca. But then don't say yes or no, because we should both give our, yeah. our guesses. Okay, so you had two degrees that were both in cybersecurity? Mm-hmm. Both my degrees are in cybersecurity. So I'm going to say that's a lie. I kind of think that too, because I don't think her degrees both say cybersecurity. I I think that one says like IT or something. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Okay, so this is actually really rude because that is the lie. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) and I'm so mad that you got that because you got it right for the wrong reason. It's incorrect that both of my degrees are in cybersecurity because I have three degrees and one of them is not in cybersecurity. What? Oh, wait, what are your three degrees in? So I'm a terrible I... friend. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, I'll get her that way. I only had two. The sprinkles thing was quite real and, and quite recent um, of a discovery. So yeah, they have like, they're like sugar, Rebecca. It's No, it's total sugar. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, no, I had literally no idea. And I'm like I, near I 30. I can see that. And also because we're the same and I also exactly. like, can't read analog clock. I can. You can't be analog clocks either. I can, but um, one of my friends used to have this watch with like literally like four dots on it, 
uh-uh. for like 12, 3, 6, and 9. And I was like, I can't read your watch. There's not enough number. No, I have to like wow. convert it. Like it takes me like a second. Like you have to allow for calculation time. Yeah. To give you I the can't, time. I can't read an analog clock if there's no numbers on it. Like I can't read it even with the numbers. Like, that's the worst. That's the worst part. But yeah, so I actually started out at a community college. So I have my associate's degree in computer science and then bachelor's and master's both from RITR cybersecurity. Oh, oh, so you did have a cybersecurity degree from yeah. RIT. Yeah, so I worked really hard and you got it right for the wrong reasons, but it's okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> So what got you into cybersecurity in the first place? So I always kind of liked computer stuff growing up. I mean, this is back when like computers were like three-dimensional and had like a back and stuff. (laughs) Um, So I did like a Java programming course at at my high school back home. And I thought that I just liked, you know, it was just computer programming at that point. Um, And this was kind of funny story. I, I legitimately thought that you had to pair computer science with another field like if I wanted to be able to program applications for the weather I needed to have a double major in like geology um and then actually uh another person in my class that I worked really close with as like my programming partner he graduated um and then he was talking to me about like what he was doing at college because I was trying to understand that whole decision and he like mentioned how he was doing cybersecurity. and I'm like oh man that sounds cool and I like um, and that was it. I like went off. I needed to like, I didn't have to just do programming and have to pair it with something else. Um, and actually, it was kind of funny. A couple years later, I was trying to remember this conversation to like get the screenshot for something. And he's like, Susie, we never had this conversation. <laughs> so I, quite truthfully, I don't know how I get into cybersecurity. I always had an interest in, I guess, computers. And then I had, I was uh, lucky enough to have like, a really great like mentor and uh, teacher in high school who like brought the RIT application over to my desk, plopped it down and you know, jammed his finger on it. It was like, you're going to go here. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's... So I was I was lucky in that respect. You know, apparently the conversation never happened. That was what got me interested in cybersecurity <laughs> in the first place. So I really, I truly don't know how we got here. That's great that you're, so you're, you had a teacher that literally like pointed out RIT to you. Handed me the paper application for the college, wow. put it down on my table. And you grew up like around Philadelphia. Yep, um, just outside of Philadelphia in the Abington School District. So, wow. Professor, uh, not professor, teacher, Mr. <laughs> Dobbinspeck was uh, wow. called a Dob for short. He was uh, he was pretty great. Is RIT no? Is they are they known for having a good security program? Yes, I feel like now now I know. But when I was in college, I remember because when I was in high school, I wanted to do cybersecurity, and I was like just googling like what schools are good for cybersecurity because back when I mean when all three of us were applying to schools cyber wasn't like a big buzzword yet it, no, wasn't, it wasn't well it wasn't. known and I think RIT might have been the school that lost my application it was either RIT or RBI <laughs> oh wow and yeah, both of those are really great schools rivals. for cybersecurity. Yeah. so it wasn't meant to be for me to go to yeah, either of like- those schools <laughs> For me, being from Philadelphia, like my eyes were set on Drexel. Like I just yeah. thought Drexel was like the coolest thing. And they only had a master's in cybersecurity. So like I couldn't even, like you hear a lot of people say like I'm doing computer science with a focus or something like that. Or right. like a, you know, they start off with like an undergrad and something general and then a master's in cyber. And I was like kind of lucky that RIT had it from like the jump. Yeah, that's amazing. Because yeah, I think I picked the wrong school for cybersecurity and it wasn't 
really cyber focused but I, I just really like all four years was like I want to do cyber I want to do cyber and I had to kind of create my own opportunities and like ask a lot of help and ask like for professors to like carve out projects for me and like try to go to conferences and like try to do stuff on the side if I could and I'm so jealous of everybody that went to RIT and RPI because it seems like like I was the only kid in my major who wanted to do cyber and everybody was like I want to be a Facebook software developer so Mm -hmm. I was like the weird kid for wanting to do cyber and I feel like it would have been so much more enjoyable to be surrounded by like-minded people yeah I think it was like really important and this isn't like I'm not trying to like sell you on going to RIT or anything (laughs) going back for a degree (laughs) yeah they had two different cybersecurity clubs they had like you were like very well networked in like it was like a very like family I mean like half of them work at MITRE right so like I think it was important to kind of have honestly I feel like it's my my family now (laughs) like when we became friends my default friend group was Mm -hmm. all of your friends from RIT and now I feel like I have like a second family from RIT. (laughs) Literally my parents are like, where'd they go to school? Where'd they go to school every time I talk about my coworkers and my friends? And I'm usually (laughs) like, oh, RIT. (laughs) That's great though. You're talking about extracurricular activities because my my undergrad was actually just in cyber. It wasn't even like a traditional computer science degree. It was a computer and network security degree that actually had like a security program. So that's what attracted me to it. Um, and then there's all the like the tar- target breach was like a headline in the news and we're talking about how it's such a growing field and how everyone should get into it. And then I think Obama at the time was even saying that we needed a push for cybersecurity, well-trained cybersecurity professionals in the workforce. So it was seemed like a really like hot topic, I think, when I was just going into school. I feel like yeah, we... not to age ourselves too much, but this was for me, I think I started college back in 2012. Same. Same, okay. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're all the same age. About, yeah. Okay. But now you can find, I think, cybersecurity degrees in a lot of different places. Yeah, it's definitely becoming more prominent. And I think one of the key things to mention when we talk about picking a school with degrees is what are the extracurriculars look like? For sure. Do they have a cool club? Can you network with people? Does it participate in the CCDC competition? And maybe we can talk about that another time time i'm not sure Susie, if rit it does does i don't remember ever yeah, seeing so them. we have a cct ccdc team and uh isn't ccdc by like region it is but that would have been a part of my region rit is in new york right yep okay it's like canadian new york oh new york is in the northeast region my school was in mid-atlantic and we never made it past regional finals to nationals where we would have faced off against rit they have like another competition that they now do where it's like a pen testing focused they like started it and oh, that's- then and awesome. by other schools. So yeah, like like you were saying, like it might be a different conversation for a different day, but a college definitely is like a 360. It's not just the major, it's the clubs, it's the extracurriculars, it's the career fairs and everything like that. So yeah. So well put, it's really a 360. So let's talk about how we met Susie. It was my first week at MITRE and I wasn't familiar with the people there yet. And you came to my office completely unexpected. I believe you wanted to confirm my Ansible skills for a project opportunity. And I remember at the end of our conversation, you said, You were so happy that you took the chance to stop by and talk to me. I remember that. It made my day, and it also led to you inviting me to your Women in Security happy hour, which was such a big deal to me at the time as I just started a new job in a new city. Yeah, and I feel like Susie, she's kind of really important for the origin story of this podcast because if you hadn't gone to that happy hour, we probably wouldn't have met again. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. 
I remember that. Uh, so Re- Rebecca and I met, we actually had met maybe how many months before you started working at MITRE? Ooh, that's a good, I think it was a full year. Right. Yeah. I think we met in 2019. Actually, maybe it wasn't a full year, maybe six months. It or was something. A, it was a long time, long enough that we yeah. like kind of remembered each other, but not really. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like when you meet somebody and you have this click, this electric connection when you first meet and then you never see each other again. And then you meet again and you're like, wait, yeah. I really liked that person. Yeah, I know this person. I don't know why, but I know this yeah, person. Yeah, and that, that's <laughs> happened to so many people. I feel like that happened with my college best friend. I feel like that happened with Susie and that happened with you. And it's like, again, like just the click thing happened and we remembered that we had met each other and we immediately hit it off. So Susie, you actually attended this group called Black Hoodie run by Marion. And she's like um, this amazing figure in the field. Hopefully we can get her on the podcast. That'd be amazing. Um, That would be amazing. But she runs this like, she runs a reverse engineering bootcamp for all women. And it originally started, I think back in 2013 or 2012. And she got together with, I think one, just someone to intern them, not intern them, but tutor them on reverse engineering. And then the group just grew, grew bigger and bigger. And I actually met Christine at one of these events and it was in San Francisco back in 2019. But we yeah. weren't we weren't even in the same course. I took like a web, I think it was like Did you take the Android RE one with Maddie? I did. I took the Android RE one with Maddie. It was but it was only like one day. And so I yeah. took a like web it was like a web hacking course. Oh yeah. The first and I day. took I took a malware one and was then I just took X eighty six architecture uh, yeah just yeah just x86 and then uh i did like a c source code exploitation one nice. i think i think that's what it was called. something like that it was cool. um natalia from project zero oh nice also teaching yeah and maddie was... stone who's now in project zero yeah <laughs> yeah it was great yeah before she was in project zero yeah that's back when she yeah. was she was doing reversing just for i think the android lab yeah it's it's crazy. It'd be great to have her on the podcast if she wanted to do it. I, I feel like she she's she's been like an unofficial like mentor slash icon to me. Same. <laughs> Same. So Susie, how did you get into these women happy hours at work? Yeah, because you're the only one who's organizing them. And you're the reason why I know everyone <laughs> at, at MITRE in cybersecurity. <laughs> it's kind of funny because like I know, Rebecca, you had come to me a couple months ago and you're like, hey, Susie, you're in charge of women in cyber at MITRE. So and like you asked a question and I'm like, I'm in charge of what now? Because I did the happy hours, but like it's not a it's not like an official group. It was more just like, hey, you have breasts. You want to come get a drink? Um, <laughs> you know, it was just kind of like it had started to originally answer your question. Um, was that started out when um I was working with uh, a friend Sarah to do a presentation, and then. We were kind of like needed like a channel, like not like a Slack channel, but just like some medium to be able to talk that was just like us, you know, like just women who understood the problems you were going through and the complaints you had and to be able to just like let off some steam. Um, and then like as we met new people, I think I had did a, a hackathon with um, her and Christina Johns and, and Katie Nichols, you know, the uh, Miss Attack, as it, as it, as it were. <laughs> Another and, great uh, podcast person. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so we ended up all kind of meeting for a happy hour and then people just kept adding people. Um, and it was like a really great way to snowball and kind of bring together all of the women who worked in cybersecurity, even, you know, across MITRE and across, um, I think we might've even had some non-MITRE folks there. 
So that's the long answer to, to your question of, of the, the happy hours. So it started gradually, as most good things do. Yeah. A place Aww, I love that. Mentorship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of the times at work, you kind of feel like you're the only woman in the room, and usually you are. <laughs> or I like to joke that I'm like 25% of the women in my department because there's only four of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it... Like, once you bring all of the women into the same room, and I think, I don't know if you've heard of, like, the Executive Women's Forum, but they run a group at, like, Black Hat and DEF CON, but it's, like, the same thing. It's, like, you feel like you're the only woman, and then you get all of the women together in the same room, and then you're, like, wait, there's actually a lot of us. Like, we exist. (laughs) Gives you the opportunity to be, like, this is happening. Is this happening to you, too? And you're, like, yes. Oh, my God. Why does that happen? Um, And I found that, like, super important just to be able to talk to somebody kind of, like, off the record i guess to be able to kind of ask questions that kind of are more unique to being a woman in cyber like is this happening because i'm not skilled enough or is this happening because of like subconscious bias right yeah i have those same thoughts all the time especially when i first started working i was like is this person just a know-it-all or are they being a know-it-all because i'm a woman (laughs) So having a group or somebody to turn to and seeing the other, quote, women in the room was part of why I created we created this podcast, especially actually in quarantine when you weren't even really allowed to be in rooms with other people in general. And it's really important to have those spaces and those groups for women to connect because then they have other people that they can ask all these important questions, career things, not career-related so there's a lot of different spaces that do already exist, such as Diana Initiative, Women's Cyber Jitsu, WISP, which is Women in Security and Privacy, and of course, the Her Hacks podcast. Um, but there's also one that's really important that's part of how all of us met, uh, which is WESIS. So WESIS is another organization in, for women in cybersecurity to connect with each other, and its mission is really important to us. Uh, so WESIS's website says they're a nonprofit membership organization dedicated to advancing women in cybersecurity. And WESIS is where recruitment, retention, and advancement of women in cybersecurity happens. So we really, we love that because it's not just about bringing more women into the field, but it's about keeping them here because sometimes infosec or cybersecurity can be a tough field to be in as a woman and we do face a lot of unconscious bias as susie has said so not just getting women in here to meet some kind of quota but helping us to enjoy and advance in our careers is something that is really important so susie how did you hear about WESIS and what was your first experience with the WESIS organization or conference? Yeah, so my first experience with WESIS was back when they were originally an annual conference. Um, I went with my college women in computing group um, back in like 2015. Um, it was kind of small. It was super fun. I did the Facebook CTF. So they had like the speaker track and then they had like um, events you got to participate in, participate in, you know, that, that advancement um aspect and now i'm involved with them i'm a standing member and i'm actually working to um align miter as a strategic partner that's actually i believe it's already on their website and probably a little bit outdated by the time the podcast launches but i'm working on um maintaining that partnership and on also starting a affiliate group at miter for to make this women in cybersecurity thing a little more official instead of just 
me in a happy hour. Well, that's that's so great. How do you how do you go about starting an affiliate group with Wesis or opening your own chapter? I will let you know when I figure it out. Oh. Uh, I just started. <laughs> um, I just started doing it. Um, I. I really am just kind of building it from the ground up. I think a lot of it is is still very new. Um, they have a lot of strategic partners. I don't think all of them have affiliate groups because, you know, I was talking to some of my other friends and I'm like, oh, like, how does your company do their group? And they're like, oh, well, there's only five women, so we don't really have a group. And I'm mm. like, oh, well, that's that's sad. Did you hear about WeSys from college? I did. So I don't, the, I would, yeah. So I heard about WeSys from college RIT had a women in computing group that branched all of the computing majors and the women that were in them. Um, and, you know, a subset of that was cybersecurity. So I think the the uh, the conference had reached out to the school and said, hey, you know, we have this conference, consider sending your students, we'd love to have you as part of it. And that kind of just kind of snowballed from there. Um, and the reason I had mentioned that the conference was small at the time is because now WESIS has grown exponentially into this, like, I want to say like 10,000 person conference it's it's huge yeah and they're their own organization now and they have a strategic partnership which is awesome getting companies more involved which makes you know like their whole mission statement of like the uh, advancement of women in cybersecurity it's not a one-time thing you can't just show up to a conference once a year and be like i did good things for women this year like it's it's 24 7 it's it's year round so it also is important to note i think um men can join wesis is that that's correct i believe so yeah it's definitely not just all one um, gender, and I don't think they even, you know, kind of branching into the whole like identifying as male or female. Like I don't think they really split hairs there. It's it's for everyone who you know, identifies as a woman in cybersecurity and faces those challenges. And um, I believe um, male members are like considered more like allies. Allies. So okay. you're you're an ally member is how you would kind of refer to yourself. Our podcast is Her Hacks podcast created by women in cybersecurity for everyone because. We don't want to do to other people what has been done to women, where, like, women were excluded from things. Like, you've seen Hidden Figures, how they were literally written out of history. <laughs> so I definitely, I I love that really all of these women's organizations, even though they are primarily for advancing and supporting women, we do allow men and non-identifying members of the population to join really anybody can join anybody who's an ally and wants to just support female identifying yeah it's not the women's version of a boys club it's a open group i love that Susie. not the women's version of a boys club yeah it's just more more inclusive all around yeah can we trademark that yeah tm (laughs) (laughs) i love that so Susie, what other groups have you have you worked with that are maybe women focused? Um, so I also have uh, a membership with the Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu. Okay. I think they're more DC based, but don't quote me on that. Um, it was actually super fun. A couple of years ago was it was when I had first, you know, kind of was getting involved with things in MITRE is I was invited to do a uh, a hackathon. It was somewhere in Arlington or something. And it was actually how I had met Katie Nichols for the first time. So it was myself and um, Christina, who's, no, sorry, not Christine, Christina, uh, another um, very influential woman in cybersecurity at MITRE. Uh, so I just met a lot of really, really strong and and good people to know through through that event. So that's another group that I try to try to keep in touch with. And they, they cross-pollinate. You know, I see 
the folks who run women's societies cyber jitsu at we see we and, and and vice versa yeah so susie what is it like actually being a participating mm-hmm. member in some of these women affiliate groups so I think the most important takeaway about being a member in any of these groups is that you know that feeling when like you show up to like some kind of event or competition and you're like really nervous about like people watching you. Yeah. You don't really have to worry about that with these groups. Everyone there is meant is there to help support you, teach you if you don't know something and not be like ugh and like laugh, you know. So I think for me like the most important aspect and like why I find women's society cyber jitsu and wesis and in all of these types of groups um you know, worth the the membership, so to speak, is because you can let your guard down and you're surrounded by people who are like you. And I've always found that to be something that's very important to my comfort and then my openness to learn. So what is it like going to a WESIS conference? Um, So it's really cool. So they have um, a lot of different things happening in parallel. So they have a a main presenter track. They have keynotes, different um, influential women from, you know, companies come and speak. They have a career fair that runs alongside some of the talks. I think they also have um, NCL doing like a CTF that runs. So they have a lot of um, different types of events you can participate in. So you can go listen to a talk about a new technology. You can go practice a skill set in a CTF. Um, or you can go hear a keynote speech and get some inspiration that way. Honestly, it sounds like it's a great networking opportunity too. Oh, 100%. Definitely. Looking forward to going uh, this year. Have you made some uh, good good connections going to WESIS events? Oh, definitely. Um, I actually met a very close friend of mine at a WESIS event. It was funny. I had uh, It was my first time and I was recruiting for MITRE and we had actually interviewed her. And then we realized that we lived like right near each other and we're actually like very close friends now. So... Definitely. Is, there, is uh, this friend? I feel like you have so many friends. Um, is uh, it it's a Dee Dee. You met her yeah. at Smoothcon? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to like mention her name just in case, you know, she didn't want to be included in the, in oh, the thing, but yeah. I feel like we have we have to keep that part in because we spoke at the same time. <laughs> we read each other's minds. Um, oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. WESIS does cost money to join. I think students, there's like a, it's only $20 for a year to join. Oh, so Connie and Deanna started a WESIS chapter at VCU. Yeah, I've been talking to uh, Connie. UVA. UVA. Oh my god. <laughs> Cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going in. I'm the worst friend ever. It's not a charm school. <laughs> I'm the worst. I don't know, just having those experiences I feel like can be really kind of like refreshing like I always feel refreshed after coming back from like Grace Hopper which is like a women in computing conference or um, I've actually never been to WESIS in person but no neither it's really nice to have those experiences and I think that's what we're kind of hoping to accomplish with the podcast so we have our discord that people can join um, really anybody who's looking for kind of a group like let's say you don't, really don't have $20 a year to join WESIS or you're not really sure about cyber and you just want to kind of get a feel for it. I think that's a great little niche that our podcast group will fill because it's yes. free. <laughs> it's free to join our Discord. Not for us. It's free for oh, them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're bankrolling this operation. <laughs> One of the most common experiences women in engineering or computer science or STEM in general will have is going to work or class and being one of the few women in the room. I've experienced it. And Christine, you made that joke about being 25% of the women in your department, which is hilarious. But surely, Susie, you've had similar experiences. 
Oh, the exact same one. Definitely had classes where halfway through the semester, I'm like, oh, I'm the only woman here. And you kind of feel like, like you know, one of these things just doesn't belong here. Yeah. But um, I think my experience kind of like being in this field and especially coming from RIT, which as much as I, I love it, it was a very male dominated school. Just you know, being engineering is in, in general, like much more male dominated than computing and then cybersecurity. But then it was even more so. I think the biggest thing for me was definitely unconscious bias. I remember, you know, I was running a women hackathon and I wanted to advertise it at the cybersecurity club. And the leader was like, Susie, I can't advertise your your hackathon. All my members are males, can't even participate. And I remember just feeling so slapped in the gut. Yeah, I definitely feel like every like job that I've worked or I can't say every, but almost every, there's always been kind of like a boys club or like a boys clique of guys that are really close knit. And part of me is like, I can't fault people for liking each other and wanting to hang out with each other. I think the issue is making other people feel excluded and you can't really control who you like. But I think as women, I really appreciate my guy friends who I've met because they've kind of gone the extra step to include me. Right. To just invite me to their barbecues and come by my office and invite me to get coffee. Like, it's just those little things. You don't have to fault them for who they like, but you can fault them for who they exclude. Because it doesn't really take that much for them to pivot their foot to the right and let you step in the circle or be like, oh, Christine has experience with that. It's so small, but they don't realize. It really does. Yeah, I feel like. And I think where we currently work is probably where I felt like the most included. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's like a better environment than other places that I've been. But I think also having more women around makes it easier to be included because it can be awkward when you are like the only woman. I remember I studied abroad and I was the only girl and the only foreigner. And I think for the first few weeks, everyone was just afraid to talk to me. <laughs> the teacher asked me if I was in the wrong class. So <laughs> so I, I get that. But for the students who did talk to me, like the guys that did come talk to me in class, and like they made an effort to speak English and we even had like to do a group project we had a group chat and they texted in English even though it was so hard for them and so much easier for them to just talk to each other in Korean those things which maybe seem like not such a big deal I so appreciate it (laughs) so allies out there maybe you think you're like not doing something that big but even just like the small things mean a lot Yeah, and I definitely found that, at least for me, whenever you find yourself in, like, a group of typically, like, males, um, and I don't know if this is, like, a 100% work thing or just kind of, like, a gender thing, but you always kind of find yourself doing, like, the glue work, the organizing and the leading and the pointing out of, like, what should go where. That's been my experience, at least, where, like, you kind of end up taking on the kind of, like, logistical lead role. Maybe it's just, you know, women nature, men nature, whatever you want to call it, which ends up usually not getting the same respect as like the technical work oh yeah i definitely have said to my department head even i've been like i feel like we need to do more recruiting of women and i know that there's a lot of things we can do to recruit more women and there's a lot more work to be done but i don't want to be the one to do it because you know we have limited bandwidth and if i give a brown bag on why we should recruit more women versus why you should do more reverse engineering which one are people going to respect me more for or think i'm more technical for and i actually really 
I love my department head because he was actually like, I see what you're saying, but I don't think that way. And I don't think that any of us here thinks that way. So it makes me feel better that the people that are in my promotion chain and in my performance review chain aren't going to dock me for doing glue work, even though it's happened to me in the past at previous jobs where they only care about the quote technical work and not all the other things. Oh, totally. For sure. And I know we're actually going to do an episode on glue work, but I can recall tons of times when I join a meeting and they need someone to take notes or they need someone to type up the email or they need someone to actually draft the outline for this white paper that we're doing. Set up a calendar invite. Hey, can you invite us to this meeting? What could just be an email anyway. (laughs) I find that I will say yes all of the time and I'll take and show initiative, but it really just punishes me in the future because then it becomes an expectation that I'm always going to be the one volunteering and doing all those tasks. So it's, it gets tricky and learning how to kind of say no, or maybe, maybe someone else can, can do it and just waiting. I know when I was reading the what is glue like you know article online like they talked about like you feel like if you don't send the calendar invite then the meeting's not going to happen it's like it feels important you end up adding all of these random you know tangential tasks to your to-do list that day that when you add them all together that takes up like 45 minutes of technical contribution to your project and exactly it's frustrating because in our performance review process all of this extra stuff that we do with recruiting for women and all of the like quote glue stuff is a behavioral modifier so we get plus five or plus ten it's kind of a thing where like you can get Mm. bonus points for it but if you don't do it it won't hurt you and it like really doesn't help you that much either it's barely a modifier like it's, it's like one of those things where it's like extra credit so if you're on the borderline it might like slightly bump you but if your technical work is bad then you probably won't get a good review and so it just makes it really hard because I feel like I at least have to work a lot harder on like the recruiting stuff it takes a lot more like mental energy than a lot of my technical work and I don't get much out of it in terms of recognition and I've actually at my old job I was told by a a woman leader to only focus on technical work and to not do stuff like that (laughs) um which is I mean, now I completely disagree with it. Even like on one of my projects, I'm on this research team. We collaborate with like a bunch of different people and I feel like I haven't really done a whole lot. I'm like the RE person on the team, but I just, I've been so busy. I haven't really done a lot on it. Technically, uh, I just haven't had a whole lot of heads down time, but my PL was like, I really appreciate you. I just wanted you to know that your personality, your positivity on this team has really inspired everybody to work more. And I actually like didn't feel as complimented as I should have felt. I think Cheryl Sandberg says she got into Harvard for her personality and not her smarts. And she was like explicitly told that. And it makes you feel bad. You would never say that to a guy. Right, right. Yeah, I feel like exactly. Men with good personalities are automatically deemed as smart too, I think. Like typically if, if someone's was too like bubbly or sounds too fun, I feel like it, it almost gives people like Or a... because you like makeup, I don't believe you're an engineer. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I really like that campaign that went around a while ago, that hashtag I look like an engineer, where like yes. women were sharing like what they did. I think it started out where she was doing a she was on like a SEPTA or like a, a transit poster and she was the, the systems engineer and people were like commenting, There's no way, they just pulled some model. That is my job and it 
kind of went into like a bunch of people retweeting it and saying this is how I look you know dolled up or dressed up or you know in their fitness clothes or their paintball gear and then saying I'm an engineer but I don't have to look like one there is no mold sorry I'm getting a little worked up right there right. shouldn't be some male in khakis and a polo that you see when you see an engineer like that's not I'm wearing like a chartreuse dress I'm an engineer deal with it yeah that's another thing I love about Maddie Stone she's like I like pink deal with it like yeah she has like a pink terminal <laughs> yeah and she likes to wear floral dresses yes she says that. yeah she's like this is what i look like yeah i'm i have no problem like stopping by christine's office and talking about the new palette launch but also talking to her about you know preparing xyz for this conference we can do both right or talking about networking or talking about dll side loading like <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. There's we, so we many things we talk the new about. Elf palette I got you for your birthday, and then you explained DLL sideloading to me in the same conversation. Yeah, two kinds of elf. Oh my gosh, two kinds of elf. That's so cute. I love it. <laughs> that was a good. One. Got to Got to add some some jokes for the podcast. All right, Susie, we're getting to the end here, but let's take some time to go over your life lessons. We've talked about what got you into cybersecurity, but what makes you stay? Honestly, the most important thing for me is having this, and I know we've talked about it, but sense of community and feeling like you have people in your corner. Um, I always feel better when I feel like there is somebody who understands what I'm going through, can relate to my situation and can advocate on my behalf, um, which is why I you know, found it important to kind of have that happy hour that we talked about before because um, it was more, it was important for me to be able to talk to women who had been at MITRE longer, who had been in the cybersecurity field longer, um, and kind of just have that support. So when I went back into that uncomfortable situation, you know, I felt like I had my bearings. What is some advice that you would give to your past self, Junior Susie? So I definitely wasted quite a few years on three different areas. So the first is certainty. So I always felt like I had to be sure or like have collected, you know, all my ducks in a row and be super ready. You know, I felt like I needed that for my college decision and I waited too long. I went and looked at a ton of schools that I wasn't even really considering going to. I learned the hard way, the long way, is that you really don't have to be sure. You can kind of just like jump into it. We're literally all confused. No one knows what they're doing. You kind of have to find your passion. They're not forced. Um, and you can't, you know, compare yourself to where other people are because everyone has different situations and different backgrounds. So you don't have to feel like, you know, XYZ person is more prepared for their interview. So you shouldn't interview this year. You should wait till next year. Or like, well, this person has another year of this experience. So I'm not sure if I should do that yet. Like just negate all of that and just do it. Just like be Nike, just do it. Um, <laughs> and the second one, confidence kind of also, you know, but expands again on this idea of certainty of when will you be ready? Someone had showed me like a YouTube video of like a couple who was waiting to have their first child and they kept saying like, oh, well, you know, we should wait till next year. Our finances will be more secure. Oh, we should wait till next year. We'll have moved to the new house. And all this time that you're waiting, other people are doing things and getting things done. So you have to really think about what's holding you back. And I actually had a mentor at, at MITRE who was a pretty cool dude and I was trying to decide if I felt like I was ready enough to be an adjunct professor at a college, uh, you know, in the DC area. And so when I was talking to him, I was like, hey, you know, like, you know, they want me to be an adjunct professor, like, you know, cybersecurity 101, like, I'm not sure if I'm like good enough to do this. And he kind of laughed at me and I was like, oh, rude, bud. And he was like, Susie, what would Chad do? Like, what if your name was Chad Heilman? 
like would Chad oh, hire him? Yeah, would he be worried? Like you have a bachelor's Total in cybersecurity, a master's, you have three years working experience. What do you mean you can't teach this course? Like, what would your male persona say? So I've just kind of like kept that WWCD with me, you know, for a while, and it's definitely helped me, you know, leap to new things. What would Chad do? That's brilliant. yeah, I, I love that. That's that's definitely one of his gems. Can't can't say that's mine. And then the last thing that I think I would tell, like, you know, my past self, what's like the worst that could happen? Like, say you take on some challenge. If you're afraid of failure, if you're afraid of looking stupid, if you're afraid you'll run out of time, fall behind. Yeah, those could happen. Or you could like gain some experience that'll help you with like your next opportunity. Really, like what's the worst that could happen? Like no one's going to die. No one's going to parks and recreation, like ice town you and like follow you throughout your whole life and like make fun of you for being kid mayor, you know, like <laughs> really it's not going to be that bad. One of the lessons that kind of taught me that was I ran WCACS, which was an all women's hackathon at RIT. And then when I got to MITRE, I launched this, you know, effort called Tech Talks, which was very similar. And I used everything that I, you know, took the plunge on and learned through this WIC Connects thing in order to do the full-time, you know, corporate Susie version of those events, which was really cool. That's great. I actually didn't know that you were behind that. Oh yeah. Tech Talks is uh, my thing. You know, that's such good advice because I also definitely like used to really struggle with like kind of just getting started because I was afraid of failing. So what are some other final takeaways for young women who are just starting out in cyber? So I think something that I even, you know, learned and had reinforced through your invitation to to join this podcast was you don't realize how important you are to a project, to other people. You don't realize the impact you make, how you influence others. And really it comes down to like your own worth. I think people, I think, you know, as women really need to kind of focus on, like you were saying earlier, Christine, you know, the project lead had kind of mentioned, really enjoyed your contribution to the project, even though you felt like personally you hadn't done a whole lot. We offer more value than we give ourselves credit in. And my group leader at MITRE had kind of told me before that, let me get this right. You store your values in metrics that other people control. So we have to remember that not everything that we contribute to society and to like, you know, the general cybersecurity community is uh, on a measured scale. Did that make sense? That makes total sense. You store your value in metrics that other people control. Yeah, it's not good. I write that on a post-it note. I read that every day. That's amazing. Thank you, Susie, for being here with us today. We have some questions that we prepared for you to help the audience get to know you better. Ooh, let's go. All right, so question number one. Name one account we should follow on social media. Obviously, the answer is Samantha Ravendahl. She is my lord and savior. She is my favorite. I am obsessed with her. I refer to her as if she is like a real life person. Like, I'll be like, oh, Sam was saying, and people will be like, Sam who? And I'm like, you don't know her. She's on the internet. Um, (laughs) I don't know how to spell Ravendahl, but it's... You can Google it. I feel like I want to ask you... Oh, okay. I was like, I want to know more about her. Yeah, she's a, a like a beauty guru, makeup influencer. But especially when COVID hit, she did a lot of videos and she talks openly about her experience battling depression. Mm. Um, and I found a lot of those videos to be, you know, really helpful. Oh, wow. Yeah, especially during COVID. Especially. She did a whole one on like Animal Crossing versus Stardew Valley. It was hilarious. <laughs> I love Stardew Valley. <laughs> Sometimes I want to give up my high-tech life and move to my grandfather's old farm where I can live a simpler life. <laughs> the spring egg hunt, Mary Harvey, the local doctor. Is that on Switch? It's a computer. Oh, I'm okay. a... I'm a I, maybe it is. I, 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 I just played on the computer. I'm a PS4 girl. 
Um, all right. So what is one technical skill that really helped you in your career? I feel like you're going to be upset with this answer, but it's writing, but technical writing. Oh, that's actually mm. really good. Yeah, I feel like in college we were prepped a lot to sound like fancy. Like we started writing like I cannot and like instead of like I can't. And then I one of the one of my project leads at my dear was kind of like you need to like be more like direct and blunt and stop worrying about trying to sound a certain way or professional like technical writing is meant to be easy to read. And there's actually like a book um, that I can link you guys to that I've been reading on how to sound less confusing when writing technically. Oh, wait, That's I a would lot. love that actually. I would really, I would really love that because yeah, I, I kind of struggle with organizing my thoughts while writing, and just like technical writing in general. <laughs> we end up trying to like describe it to, like officially, and it ends up being more confusing than if we would just write plain out like it connected to this port. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, Susie, what's your favorite TV show right now? So, right now, I have been binging all twenty plus seasons of Law and Order: Special Victims Unit. Mm, um, and I classic. feel like this is actually kind of apt for for this podcast because even though she's the you know fictitious character Olivia Benson, I feel like you know the show has really kind of like written her as a very strong um, female role model, and I've been I've been enjoying that as well. But also definitely. like I'm a huge Friends fan, just forever. Oh yeah, Friends definitely is a good show. All right, this is a fun one, and I feel like I can guess it. So must have. Well, I kind of, because we did talk about this, and your used-to-must-have makeup item, I thought, was, like, the Benefit concealer that I actually like. <laughs> I That's my must-have now. <laughs> I can't believe you used that one, because you were like, I don't like this one, and you went for a different one. But anyway, um... I got two. <laughs> you got two? <laughs> I got the... Sorry to interrupt, I got the Tarte Shape Tape, and then I got the Benefit one, because I was like, I can't tell, I can't decide, so I just bought both. <laughs> Well, here's like a wrench and like your whole plan here. My must-have makeup item is actually the NARS Soft Matte Concealer. Um, and I actually oh. know that name by heart because I like read it a lot. But it's a little, it's a concealer that's in like a jar. So it's like a cream or like a putty consistency. And I actually used this when I went to Disney and I was like, you know, walking around high heat. And I use it a lot of times when I'm late because I can take the jar with me in my purse. So I can apply it with my finger under my eye, cover a zit here or there, and you're good to go. Oh, I feel like I need to try it. Is it a Sephora or Ulta? Both. Oh, okay. Yay. So last but not least, I heard that you keep a list of corporate idioms. So can you give us some of your best ones? <laughs> yeah. So when I first started working at Mitre, I think it was just, I don't know if I was just being green or what, but all my coworkers would make say these expressions. And I'm like, I have literally no idea what you're talking about. So I started writing them down. It's been kind of fun. So one of them was... um. You know, it's just us chickens here today. I'm like, okay. Um, the one that freaked me out the most was don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is saying, like, don't throw out a good idea with all your bad ideas. But also, like, we're going to take a quick bio break. And that's, like, a cute way to say bathroom break. So I've enjoyed I've enjoyed some of them. The rest are kind of, like, military acronyms. All con is all connected. Or swag is seriously wild. Boop. Guess. <laughs> So even kind of fun to kind of track down and share with people. Yeah, for me, one of my meetings, my scrum master will be like, comms check. And then the other guy will be like, I read you five by five. It's a lot of military terms. Does that. Every time she's on talking, she goes over. And I'm like, we're on teams. <laughs> we're on team. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I people do say over. And I'm like, I feel like the last time I used a walkie talkie, I was like five. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so I learned um, the difference between Roger and Uber. Uber is when you're done talking and the line is clear, and Roger is like message received for your yeah. for your next like one way channel. Condo. Your ack. Some people just say ack. I feel like oh, I started well, that's doing like that. The TCP three way handshake. Synac. Yeah, I like to. I do that a lot. Something else people always say, like they say, I'm gonna be out of pocket when they're gonna be like out of office, and I was like so confused for the longest time because I was like doesn't that mean like you're out of line or like misbehaving i don't think it means out of office but apparently like in the military or something people say out of pocket so i don't know who picked that term out of their pocket like what they just say like oh i'm gonna be out of pocket and like that means like unavailable out of reach i guess and i was like don't Look up the Urban Dictionary version of that because it's not what that means. <laughs> the other one I think I heard was hurting cats. Cats, cat hurting. Oh, I hear that all the time. Yeah, I think it's just like managing all the yeah, people, Yeah, right? like trying to like manage an unruly, an unruly crowd. crowd. Like it's difficult, like hurting cats. Yeah, because cats like don't, yeah. cats don't listen. Yeah, because you really can't hurt cats. I think that's the point, <laughs> maybe. Unless you're a dog. Yeah, is, what's <laughs> the term for a cats. group of cats? <laughs> I'm like gonna Google this right now. A cloud, a clouder. Oh, interesting. Is there a word for? It's a clouder. Or is that just a? What is a group of cats called? A clouder or a clutter of cats? Clutter. <laughs> that just makes me think of a cat lady's house. It's a clutter. A clutter. What's a dog thing? A pack. Yeah, I think it's a pack. What yeah. I like boiling the ocean. <laughs> or goshing the yak. <laughs> What's that? It's like the idea of starting to like troubleshoot something very simple and then like 20 minutes later and like, you know, 10 Wikipedia pages deep, you're like modifying your like bash RC and stuff. Um, I was trying to troubleshoot an issue with Python not having like, you know, permission to run something. And after like, you know, pip installing like 7,000 things, pip installing the ocean, I-, I realized I just didn't have permission to access Ansible. So I was like, oh, that yak is nice oh, and I saved, y'all. That. I hate going down rabbit holes, but I feel like you have to, especially with, like, reverse engineering, and people are like, you're so patient, and I'm like, no, I'm really angry right now. <laughs> but there's really nothing you can do about it. It just comes with the territory. Right, well, I think we can end this podcast with, does anybody have any last alibis? Uh, what is that? Do you have any else uh, to say? What? That's so weird. Yeah. I thought it meant, like, do you have any last excuses? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> but then, like, I went I went to a meeting, and I was, like, telling them that was my interpretation of the definition, and they were like, no, it means the person in charge is going to need an alibi because they're going to be mad at you. I don't know. I still don't quite understand, but they say it all the time, and it basically means you got anything else to say. So <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> People, man. Well, I guess uh, we're out of alibis. Yeah, I, I don't have any more. Thank you so much for joining us today, Susie. It was a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a, I had a great time chatting with you, and sharing everything i had Whew, it was fun thank you for listening follow us at her hacks podcast that's her hacks with an x for execute permission on twitter instagram and tiktok don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts so you won't miss a future episode drop and leave us a star for each of our lovely hosts that's five with an encouraging review click the join link for our discord in our show notes or at herhackspodcast.com to let us know what you think about this episode and also engage with me and other hosts. This week, take your female coworker out for coffee. She can pay. Yo, my levels got way lit. <laughs> Super high there when I was laughing. <laughs>